Hello, Beers and Ears listeners. This very special episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. Before we get started, you should hop on over to www.4frills.com shop and check out our partner, Riss and Cal. They've got a galaxy full of treasures, perfect for any cell phone lover in your life, including yourself. This is the way, because not only can you get some kick butt product at amazing prices, but you can also help support our show too. Head on over to www.4frills, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout and get 15% off of your purchase. All right, let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Welcome, everyone, to this supersized episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. This is take two, although you guys don't know that. Uh, we had a little audio issues there just a couple minutes ago, Matt, but we're, we're back at it, right? Yes, nothing is going to keep us down. Uh, we are talking Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, we, have, we have brought back some uh, members that were with us for the Season 1 roundtable as well as a newcomer. So um, you remember her from uh, the first uh, roundtable as well as, what, four or she five other episodes? Pen trading. I can only imagine some of the other ones. <laughs> She's going to be on a future episode with us about Flower and Garden Festival. She is like our super-sized friend of the pod because she's our super friend of the pod, the wonderful Miss Amy Birchman. Hi, Amy. Hello. Thanks for having me again, guys. I love talking all things Disney with you. <laughs> we love having you with us, too. We've also got um, a great friend of the pod. This is his third episode with us, also back with the roundtable. Uh, the wonderful Mr. Mike Lankford. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Excited to have you too, buddy. And then newcomers, you've probably seen them in our social media channels, especially on the Facebook group. Uh, Corey Radke is joining us today. Hi, Corey. Hello. Super happy to be here. Longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> that, that works. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. We're trying something new. We've never had this many people calling in from so many different places, which might have been why we crashed. I, I don't know. So so we're going to have a little bit of fun. Before we get started, I got a whole host of topics here to talk about with our roundtable. But before we do this, I'm going to give everybody at the same time five seconds to kind of give us your authentic reaction to what was season two. Uh, you know, just your overall impression. You have five seconds to say it when I count to three. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh my gosh. God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. Uh, I think we should probably expand on that just a little bit. I think I want to just go around the room and just give you all 20 seconds or so to just kind of give us some feedback, your thoughts on, on really your overall feelings about how season two ended, how season two began, where, where kind of how season two came out to you as a fan of the Mandalorian. And we'll start with Corey, the newcomer to the podcast. Great. I, I've initial impressions. I've never been left wanting more of a television show ever, you know, and, and 30 plus years. It, it's been amazing. I'm so thrilled to see what Lucasfilm has coming, how well it's being handled now. Uh, I can't wait. I just can't wait. Beautifully said, my friend. Mike, we're going to come over to you, buddy. How about you? Uh, well, I wasn't let down at all. I think what uh, they did with uh, this series is they played into the nostalgia that everyone loves as Star Wars, but with also keeping it fresh. It didn't seem like they were doing 
a reunion episode um, with anything. It was it was new, but it was still exactly what every Star Wars fan wanted. Yeah, you know, I'm reminded, and I said this in our last audio take, but I'm going to say it again. I'm reminded of a Facebook meme that I came across just a couple of days ago after the final episode aired, and it had a quote from J.J. Abrams where he said, uh, you know, it's not possible to, um, you know, appease the original Star Wars fan base and tell a new story at the same time, and, and basically in relation to his trilogy. And then there's the next images of John Favreau going, hold my beer. And that's basically <laughs> what it comes down to, which is, you know, like, yeah, it is possible. We, they were able to make it happen. And this is proof that it can happen. Um, I'm going to come over then to uh, Amy. How about you? Well, I definitely agree with Corey and Mike, but for me, I'm into season six of Clone Wars. So all of the connections and just some of the things that were brought into the Mandalorian's world from that series that I'm watching was just mind blowing to me. I, I was kind of geeking out every week on my couch. <laughs> well, I know that that Matt convinced you to get into that animated series, and I have yet to take that dive. But I did take some time uh, to get into YouTube and like typed in, you know important story arcs in the clone wars important story arcs and rebels and there's some really good mashups in there you know like uh, 15 minute videos that kind of go through the most important plot points which has helped me quite a bit to uh, understand how they fit into the broader universe so i can definitely resonate with that i'm so happy to hear you say that i'm so proud <laughs> <laughs> like a proud pop over there I love yes it. i'm so All proud right, matt how about you your 20 seconds here my friend I mean, I'm just going to echo stuff. It's the perfect balance of nostalgia and and new story. I think so often these, th not just Star Wars, anything that does nostalgia tries to like shoehorn it in there and be like, huh? Huh? But this felt authentic without like assaulting me with it and still told a great new story. I, I it, like, I, 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 I have nothing, I'm not going to say anything bad about this show in in this podcast i have nothing bad to say <laughs> you guys took all of mine i there's nothing else i can say here that that you have not already said other than to say i other than to say i echo what you all have put out there the show um it, it was uh it made me feel good coming home uh every friday to to pop it on or saturday morning um, in fact, it was almost like it was almost trying to avoid spoilers all day Friday because a lot of people would watch these things like early Friday morning and I'd have to avoid Facebook as much as possible. But I will say that people were pretty good about not spoiling it. So I, I and then I'd come home and you'd have all that anticipation built up of people. Oh, my God, you got did you see this week's episode of The Mandalorian? It reminds me of what TV used to be before it became this binge worthy. Everyone watches eight episodes in a row. I, I still think that doing it the way they do it, releasing it one episode a week is the right way to do it. So I, I'm with there with you guys. I want to start jumping into some of the topics that I have uh, wrote down here that I want to talk about today. And the first one I really want to get into is something that I noticed in the very first episode, and it carried through all eight of season two's episodes. And that really is, I felt the production value for season two, the game was just upped not just a notch i mean it was upped several notches in terms of how well the production value was and i noticed it in uh grogu's um 
interactions, his mannerisms, his his voice even. But beyond that, there were just other elements. And I'm just curious to know if you guys noticed those same things. I'm going to start with uh, Amy on this one. Definitely with the, with, the, with the visuals that they added in, it was a higher. Grogu himself, I feel like, was just a continuation of his growth as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the other things inside of the episodes with what they've done visually and um, – just seemed to be bigger than it was the first season. And then Corey, before our audio all got out of whack, you were adding some elements to that as well. Yeah. When I, when I think of production value and budgets, I tend to think CGI, right? Cause it just soaks up so much of a, of a production's budget and CGI is at its best when you don't notice it. And in that very first episode of season two, you have this 600 foot dragon that is jumping out the screen at you that might as well have been a practical effect in a puppet. It was just so realistic. And and you're right. It, 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 I didn't notice it when you brought it up just now. It was kind of the first time I thought about it because it was that good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt or, or uh, Mike, do you guys want to add anything to that? Well, I think that, uh, I mean, with production value, one of the reasons it went up is just because so many people are watching it. And I know that, you know, not everyone is the hugest Disney fan out there. Um, and not everyone is even the hugest star Wars fan, but this show has really captivated people and they know it from a business standpoint, like this is it. I mean, this, one, this is one of the reasons why people are subscribing to Disney plus. So they're going to give it all they got. And that's why everything looks so realistic and it's so professionally done. Yeah, Matt, you were giving us some information before our audio got all out of whack, too, about this show being like the number three show or something. Yeah, so they're they're starting to release like what's the most watched shows of 2020 on Disney Plus. They have all that information, and it's number three. And you you might think, oh well, you know, how is it not number one? Well, the two shows ahead of it are The Simpsons and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. The Simpsons having you know six thousand episodes to choose from, and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse being. Uh, you know, a, a lot of episodes and where a lot of kids still are sitting. Like my daughter is, is watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse right now. And so you think about The Mandalorian has 16 episodes and even for most of 2020 only had eight. And it's mm-hmm. still the third most watched show on Disney+. Plus. That's That's mind boggling to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, the fact that they're putting money into it they know that this is their moneymaker. Um, you know, again, talking Facebook memes, I had, I had seen a Facebook meme a while back that it was a picture of all these different Disney things that Disney has. And it says, why Disney thinks I bought Disney Plus? And then below it, it's a, it's a picture of the Mandalorian. It says, why I actually bought Disney Plus. You could literally just call this the Mandalorian <laughs> panel for a lot of people because that's why they've made this purchase. And and rightfully so. I mean, it, I think the, the Disney Disney released a stat uh, a couple months ago that said that they'll be making money off of Disney Plus within a couple of years because of the production value, because of what they're doing and putting into shows like this. And, of course, what's coming, what, what's upcoming. So um, what I want to do is I want to jump into a little bit about this season um, before we kind of get into what we saw this season in terms of you know, storylines, story arcs, characters, all that stuff. You know, we did have this roundtable back in June where we did a season two kind of precursor, a preview. What do we want to see 
And even more importantly, what did we not want to see? So just to the people who were on the round table, Corey, unfortunately you weren't, so you're going to set this one out just temporarily, but to okay. Mike, to Amy and to Matt, um, you guys made some predictions back in, in June about what you thought or what you would like to see. Did season two hit any of those predictions that you maybe had back during that first round table? And I'll start with uh, Mike on this one. Yeah. Uh, big whammy on that one. Uh, it worked out really well. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously, you know, the, at the end of the, the first season, when the dark saber came out and I was like, Oh my God. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge clone Wars fan. Uh, uh-huh. and, and we talked about, Oh, you know, is Bo-Katan going to come? What's, what's going to happen with that. And then she did. And then it was played by Katie Sackoff, uh, who voiced her character in the clone Wars too. And obviously with this new season, just pulled it off flawlessly. I mean, born for the role. It was, it was fantastic. So I was not let down whatsoever. How about you, uh, Matt? You know, a professional podcaster would have gone back to listen to that episode so he could remember <laughs> what his pr- uh, predictions were. Because um, <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember what my predictions were, but I don't think they were right. I do remember one thing that I didn't want to see. And and that was I didn't want the the whole Yoda, baby Yoda, Grogu thing to become like, we found his home planet of all these Yodas and they didn't go that route. And I was really happy to, to not see that. But uh, I, I, I honestly do not remember what I, what I predicted. How about you, Amy? Well, I was going to say the same thing as Matt as I meant to listen to that episode, just to see if you were going to come <laughs> at us with this question. I don't really recall my predictions or I, I think we talked about, um, possible how great it would be if Boba Fett came and that was definitely not a disappointment to me um Disney just needs to hire us man we got all right, right. <laughs> so I, I will say one of the one of the things that we did talk about in that episode because unlike you two I did listen to it or at least <laughs> Uh, you know, because I one of us I is professional have, on this podcast. We have to have the hosting capabilities here. One of the things we did, we talked about, you know, when would it pick up? Would the series pick up right after the events of the first season, or maybe consider a year later? Obviously, it did pick up right after. We also talked about things that we would not want to see. Right around that time, we had gotten the rumor that there might be a connection to the Skywalker saga. We didn't know what it would be, but it was right around that time that that rumor had come out. And Mike, you explicitly had put in there, you know, look, you know, obviously these characters out there, it'd be nice to maybe run past them and see them occasionally, but it's important to call out the fact that, you know, these people might not even know who Luke Skywalker is. And I, I will say that overall, um, they did a really good job of saying, Hey, we're going to tie it to the Skywalker saga, but we're not going to lay it on thick with the Skywalker saga. And it was, and again, we said this in our opening reactions, it was just enough to make you go, Holy smokes. Did I just see what I saw? I mean, even before and we'll get to Luke in a minute, but even before he takes the, the hood off, you know, it's Luke and you, you I, that anticipation. And they did such a good job of, of, of really, if you think about it, that one episode season eight or I'm sorry, episode, 16 or season two episode eight um it's the linchpin that holds everything in the star wars universe together at this point you know uh if you really think about it but 
All right. So let's talk individual stories before we talk overarching story arc. There were eight episodes this season, just like there were last season. And they all had their own individual episodes. They did have a little bit more of a cohesive storyline this time around where last season, it did feel like maybe there were more individual siloed episodes, but let's just talk about those individual episodes and maybe did you have a favorite? I'm just going to list them here real quick just to kind of jog people's memory. There was chapter nine, the marshal chapter 10, the passenger. That's the one with the frog lady chapter 11, the heiress. That's the one where Bo-Katan shows up chapter 12, the siege siege chapter 13, the Jedi chapter 14, the tragedy chapter 15, the believer and chapter 16, the rescue. So Corey, since you kind of sat that last one out, I'm going to give you the honors of, of being first on this. Any particular episode that was your favorite and why? Without going automatically to chapter 16, um, because I, I almost feel like that's just too obvious. I, I'd <laughs> go to the Jedi, you know, where, where you really start to see his universe expand. Where like, you know, Din's universe becomes a lot bigger. He's, he's meta Jedi. Uh, it was interesting to see them get along with each other, knowing the history that Jedi's and Mandalore have. Um, so, so just kind of getting to see, I can't remember the actress's name right off the top of my head. Rosario uh, Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Yes. Getting to see her alive and bringing Ahsoka into an actual character, and uh, and knowing that you know he was already rumored to have a, a spinoff coming and playing it off so well, it, it just it, it made the world that much bigger and the possibilities so much greater. Absolutely, I think so, that episode too. And then Matt, we'll get to yours. I think one of the things about that episode that was also fun, besides the fact that you had Ahsoka there. I, I liked the element of the town, the small town. It's, it's being occupied. I liked that element too of it felt there was beyond the, the major story arc, which we were seeing, there was this smaller story arc. And, you, and I liked watching how that kind of wrapped up as well. Matt, what were you going to say? Well, so I'm, I was going to piggyback because the Jedi was also the episode that I thought was, um, individually, again, I, I agree with Corey outside of the obvious, you know, episode 16, um, or chapter 16. Um, uh, and, and here's, here's the reason why I really liked it from a production standpoint and a storytelling standpoint in, in episode three of season two, Bo-Katan teases Ahsoka Tano and says, you know, you know, go to this planet, you there, you'll find Ahsoka Tano. And then, you know, there's an episode in between and then it's the Jedi. And I feel like 90% of shows would spend the whole episode teasing Ahsoka Tano, teasing Ahsoka Tano, and then you meet her in like the last five minutes. And then, and, and so you kind of spend the whole episode going, okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Whereas this hit the ground running. It's Ahsoka Tano and she is going after some people and taking them down and trying to free this little occupied city. And, and I felt such a good like, oh my gosh, we're jumping right into this. I don't have to like do this weird waiting thing. And then it would not be a Star Wars episode if I was not plugging watching the cartoon. So here, here, here it is. Um everyone was freaking out about Grogu in this episode. And don't get me wrong, it was cool to, to learn the name. But the name drop of Grand Admiral Thrawn, I I had to pause the I had to pause 
And I had to collect myself to be able to watch the rest of the episode. If you have not watched Star Wars Rebels, he is the main villain in season three and four, the penultimate and the final season. And he is one of the most terrifying villains in Star Wars lore. And he is wonderful. I am so excited to see him in a live action standpoint of of what I assume is going to be the Ahsoka Tano series. I, I can only hope. Oh my gosh. Like that episode was the one that I was the most excited for mike how about you get in the conversation here for a little bit any any do you do you agree with their picks for the best episodes do you have a different pick or what are your thoughts oh i have a different pick but every like everything that they're saying it's it's i don't want to sound cliche but it, oh, it's it's hard to pick your favorite one but it really kind of is <laughs> but uh mm-hmm. uh but no i definitely agree um with matt what, was, what he was saying about you know, it wasn't just some, you know, teaser out there where she shows up in the last minute of an episode and it's like, okay, I'm going to save the day. And then, you know, it's done like, bam, hits, hits the ground, hits the ground running. Um, and, what, what was your favorite episode? Oh, uh, the tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Why? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We got to see them at their most vulnerable. So, hmm. Uh, the child Grogu gets taken. Um, we get to see, um, we get to see Boba Fett and I think we really get to see the real Boba Fett. So he's always been, you know, this character of like star Wars lore of like, Oh, you know, he's so awesome. And you think of that as a kid, but you know, when you watch the movies later, like the original trilogy, Boba Fett just kind of gets his butt kicked pretty bad especially in return of the jedi uh and i'm like what you know why does everybody love that character? he's you know he's got some cool gadgets and whatnot and then we see him in this episode i mean if you were a stormtrooper you were having a really bad day (laughs) uh so and then but you know they come together at the end and they're like you know they're they got this bond and they go all right well we're gonna go save the kid and it was like I, i thought it was i thought it was great and also we got to see at the end that I don't really call him baby Yoda anymore because he's not so cute that that, <laughs> that kid is a little death machine. <laughs> so when he, when he forced choked those stormtroopers at the end, I was like, Oh yeah, he's not baby. That's, that's Grogu. He's Grogu yeah. from here on out. <laughs> Absolutely. Amy, did do you, any thoughts? I mean, do you agree with me though? Do you have a different one? I mean, again, like, just piggybacking on Mike, I it was really hard to pick a favorite because each episode just brought something different and in a new kind of relation to the storyline. Um, however, I think one of mine is going to be the believer, and I think it's because um, that was the one where he takes his helmet off, mm-hmm. and it shows just how much he's invested in Grogu and what he will do in order to save him and, and do, and do that. So, um, it really kind of as serious of a situation as that whole episode was, it kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit more going, Oh my gosh, he's willing to risk his whole belief system in order to save him. Yeah. You know, before you said it, but I had the two episodes for me that I think, Beyond the major story arc, the two episodes for me that I think were were really outstanding episodes were The Believer. 
I also was a huge fan of chapter 10, um, the passenger, the one where they're in the cold with the spider and the, the baby spiders. And, and I, I felt from, from a subplot that did a lot of good in world building. I thought that was really well done. You know, and as far as world building goes, you know, I think one of the things that I'm really liking about season two, it started with season one, but season two has done a much better job with it, which is you're able to see, especially with like the episode, The Believer and um, the episode, The Siege, when when they get and they see they find um, Dr. Pershing's laboratory, um, you're able to see the remnants and not even so much remnants like you're able to see the full on what's still remaining of the empire and how it's still trying to stay afloat even after um you know it it's it's technically destroyed in in return of the jedi and i really think from a world building perspective i again i love how this series is starting to become that linchpin to all everything else that's star wars related be it the skywalker saga the the video games um, some of the can some of the um, legend stuff is starting to come over into this. You're starting to see it. This becomes the linchpin for all of that. So that kind of takes me to my next thought and discussion, which is, and it's kind of a two-parter. I have it listed here as two topics, so we'll kind of discuss it broadly. The overarching story arc, um, as I see it, there really are kind of two of them at play. There's um, Mando's quest to get Grogu to a Jedi. And then there is literally from the first episode of the season, which then we later on finds out goes all the way back to last season. There's kind of the story of Boba Fett through all of this too, which kind of is its own arc, which is then going to turn into this new book of Boba Fett that's coming later on. So I want to talk a little bit about the overarching story arc between those two and Again, let's talk a little bit about the connection to the broader universe as a whole, what we're seeing. Um, we've talked a little bit about the Darksaber. I'm, I'm curious, and I'm going to toss this one to Matt first. Um, if it's part of this discussion, I want to talk about the Darksaber. It does feel like that storyline from season one started and then fell somewhat flat here in season two. It kind of disappeared a little bit. I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. And then just overall, some other thoughts on what I've kind of brought up to introduce us to this segment yeah so to start i think this is like in this series to what iron man was for the mcu that this is the catalyst that is showing these connections and um this is going to be the one that starts this whole expanded universe but mm. um anyway the the dark saber is kind of the one inconsistency thing that you have through all of this um so bo katan has it the last we see her in the cartoons, mm -hmm. but um, she is, it's given to her by Sabine Wren, not in battle. It's given. And there's a whole bunch of theories about how this works, but that's kind of the linchpin of like the Mandalorian wins the dark saber and she can't accept it. So that's a little bit of a weird inconsistency that I, I, I'm sure they will explain in season three. But, um, you know, I, I think it seems kind of where this is going, and uh, sorry, I might be answering another question, is that we're going to dive more into now Mandalore. And that was something I think I was hoping to see more in season two, and just that that's not the direction they went. But I think that's something we might see more in season three. Again, again the Darksaber has a bunch of stuff in, in the cartoons that's really fascinating. 
Okay. Mike, Corey, Amy, any of you guys want to hop in on that and kind of continue along Darksaber, the quest for Grogu here, or even the Boba Fett line? Yeah, I think there probably wasn't enough space to have a Grogu story and a Darksaber story kind of at the same time. Um, and obviously, you know, Baby Yoda, Grogu, call him what you will, he, he's the, the one that really captured people's minds and hearts. And they had to wrap that up. So I'm, I'm hoping season three dives deep into the Darksaber story and, and going back to Mandalore. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, the Boba Fett thing, I, I knew it was Boba Fett in season one as soon as I heard those bone spurs, or bone spurs, as soon as I heard the spurs on his feet uh, walking up to uh, his partner there. I, I'm losing her name completely Fennec, here. Fennec, Fennec. Fennec. Yeah, sorry. Edit that out for me. <laughs> So, so there was so many storylines going on with, with only eight episodes with 30 to 40 minutes per episode. It's like, how much can you squeeze in there before you're just skipping things? And the Darksaber got skipped a little bit, but I, we're back at it and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Mike, Amy. So the funny thing about Corey saying he knew it was Boba Fett from that sound Um from the last discussion, you guys know that I'm uh, behind the scenes kind of, junkie and i did watch the first um, episode of the gallery that is out for the season two of mandalorian and they actually have a clip that says when they put that into that episode they wondered if anybody would hear that sound and connect the two interesting (laughs) um just had to throw that little tidbit in there i I mean, it is it is a connection, and I think that I am excited to see more. I'd, I'd like to know more about the Mandalore part of it. So um, I haven't finished Clone Wars or gotten into Rebels yet, but hopefully by the time Season 3 comes out, I'll have all of that on my watched list and be able to connect more stuff. But, you know, Mandalore is kind of an interesting concept when you have these two fashion um, factions that one, you can't take your helmet off the other one. You can like, it's interesting to see the two kind of collide. Right. And then I think delving more into that will be a, an interesting story arc. I think if they go with that next season. Yeah. Mike, how about you? Um, well, I have a little bit different opinion. I don't, I don't think necessarily that the, the story about the dark saber really took like a back seat, and, you know, they were just trying to kind of fit it in there. Um, cause we only really saw it at the very end, um, of the last episode of the first season and no one else saw it. We just saw Moff Gideon with it. That was it. No, no other main character saw it. So it didn't really need to play a role until, it needed to play a role. So that was when Bo-Katan was introduced and she basically brought it up right away. But again, no one's really seen it except for her. So I think that that, uh, that, that I, th- I, th- I think that that played out fine. I don't think it really took a backseat. Uh, but I think where, you know, the series is going in terms of the story arc for, for, for Grogu is there was kind of a beginning, middle and end. And we, may see what happens with that in the future, but I mean that, Hey, he is, he is with the Jedi of Jedis right now. So, so that, so that's kind of done, but the show is called the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel that we're going to see exactly where this goes next is going to be to Mandalore and exactly what's going to happen there. Well, let me ask this question. And, and this, this is going to um kind of segue us into that. The next conversation about, about Luke and Luke showing up. 
So prior to the reveal that it is Luke, there was a lot of speculation out there online, maybe even your own speculation about, okay, which Jedi is actually going to show up? So when Ahsoka says that if a Jedi hears his call, they might come to him. Um, I just want to do a quick round table and just, just ask each of you, who did you think it was going to be? And if it was, if you thought it was going to be Luke, awesome. But who did you think it was going to be? There's a lot of other potential Jedi out there that it could have been. Um, who did you think it was going to be? Um, we'll start with, um, we'll just go back to Mike. Mike, who did you think it was going to be? I thought I, I, I had no, no feelings that it was going to be Luke <laughs> at all. Okay. I thought, I thought, I thought no way. All right. Uh, but I thought, I thought maybe it was going to be Ezra Bridger, uh, who's okay. from rebels, uh, yep. that maybe that maybe he would show up. I just, I just didn't think that it was going to be Luke at all. And I was really, I was really surprised and very happy. All right. Very good. Matt, how about you? I thought it was going to be someone from the cartoons. I did not like Mike. I did not see Luke coming. Uh, I mean, I knew it was a possibility. I mean, obviously that he existed in that timeline, but I thought they were going to make another cartoon connection that that was kind of a big, almost kind of weird theme of this season was a lot of the cartoons coming in. And I Mm -hmm. thought that, that they were going to go that route. How about you, Corey? So, so knowing that a huge part of the, the audience probably hasn't watched the cartoons, <clears throat> Casey, I, I figured they would, they would probably go to someone like Luke so that everybody would know who it is. So it isn't just like, huh, who's that random person? And then make you do the research. Although I, I had a feeling it was going to be Luke. I was kind of hoping for Mace Windu, to be honest with you. I wanted to see a person like that. See, see that Mace actually came out alive from his battle. Somehow, yeah. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I could have freaked out more, but if Samuel L. Jackson had walked <laughs> on that screen, oh my gosh! <laughs> if I if I would have seen that purple lightsaber, I mean, I I was right? I was getting teary eyed when I when I saw the green saber. But if I would have seen that purple lightsaber, I mean, I would have been running around my entire neighborhood for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amy, how about you? I honestly had no uh, thought or. I wasn't even thinking about the end where who was going to come um, after after episode was it episode two or um, where she sent them to the temple and said, go see who comes. I really was hoping that Ahsoka would kind of take him on, but not that soon in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have no I had no clue, but I knew it was him the minute that saber started flying and. Well, and that's what I want. I want to talk about that for for a moment now. I want to talk about so obviously the the dark troopers stop right. They stop attacking. You know, they're all in the in the command of the ship. They know that they're basically they're getting ready to meet their demise. The dark supers, uh, stupers, the dark troopers stop. <laughs> Grogu Grogu turns the monitor. We see the X wing pull up. That's the first indication where you know someone's coming, but you don't know. I mean, I don't know about you, but my first thought was, oh, it's the, it's the guys, it's the, it's the, the new Republic um, guys that we met in episode two, right? That, that's who I thought it was. And then you see this cloaked figure and I didn't want to get your, your natural authentic reactions about what you were doing as this black cloaked figure starts his procession up to the command deck. 
and 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 I mean, I don't know about you, but like I as I was watching the show, I was laying down, and then this happened. I mean, my first reaction was I sat up, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> and then I and then I, then I get out of the edge of my seat. I'm like, no effing way. I mean, I I said a bad word, kids. Don't say that word. But uh, no effing way. And then I stood up, and I'm like, that's not possible. It can't be. And then before you knew it, I'm shouting at the screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was like this like this adrenaline rush of that's flipping Luke Skywalker before I ever even saw his face. Before I before his face was even revealed, when you saw the green, you knew it was Luke. And I'm just curious to know did anybody else have that same reaction that I did? So yes, have that. <laughs> yes, yep. <laughs> I mean, it was like I had to rewind it and replay it because it was so exciting. Well, I texted I like you. <laughs> you did. You did. I texted you after I finished this episode, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what just happened?" Like. Did that just like it was just I and you were the only person I could think of that I would understand <laughs> and have already watched it and I was like I was like the the last episode what? <laughs> I I like running around the condo wondering what I was so worked up about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of you had these vibes, but it was the same feeling that I had at the end of Rogue One when Darth Vader is just mowing down people. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think there's a YouTube compilation out there right now. Of both of them doing their thing, Darth. There is. It's fantastic. It is. Yeah. It really well. Yeah, Mike, you were going to say something. What were you going to say? Oh, um, no. Well, my my reaction to uh, to when he showed up. So, like, I I kind of knew I was about halfway there when the lone X wing shows up. I go. Mm-hmm. alone x-wing so i i mean i i was i was just like you casey i was laying down on my couch and i just sat up and i did the leonardo dicaprio me- meme from uh once upon a time in hollywood i just pointed i pointed at the screen like there he is there yep. he is yep. you son of a bee like i was like yes. you did it you did it you did it man the son of a bee you did it you know it's yeah i, I completely agree with you well and well, then and casey, of course, casey if i can interject your the, yeah. the other the other thing that was really underrated about that scene was Moff Gideon's reaction that he went from I am in control of this situation like even 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 after had been defeated in combat he you still kind of felt this swagger of I'm in control and he had straight fear like there was a fear reaction and I thought that was a really interesting part of that scene yeah he had to go Absolutely. change his pants yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, so we're we're starting to round the corner here, and I've gotten down to kind of where our last segment's going to go with this because here we are at the edge of of season two. It's over with. We got a whole other year. You know, we're at a point now where there are some uh, some major loose threads out there that have been left for, as Matt put it, some of the episodes or some of them are to set up future shows whether it's Ahsoka or, or whatever, but there's also some major loose threads tying the original trilogy and frankly put the prequel trilogy all the way to what will eventually become the sequel trilogy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions circling around on if Luke is taking Grogu on as one of his students. And we know from the sequel trilogy that Kylo Ren slaughters his students, there's a chance that Grogu is going to get slaughtered. Uh, there's that thread. There's the 
um, the rise of the First Order. At some point, the First Order is born out of what is left of the Empire. When does that happen? We don't know, but we're living kind of, we're only 25 years removed from the events of The Force Awakens at this point. So, I mean, there's a lot of loose threads there. There's obviously the Dark Saber thread. There's the Ahsoka in General Grand Admiral Thrawn thread. Um, there, there is the Boba Fett, which apparently has its own new series coming as well. So there's a lot of stuff hanging out there, um, that we don't know where it goes from here. So I guess as we kind of circle around, pick up some of those threads, where do you think they go with it? Do they leave some of it for later? What are your thoughts on that? Um, we'll start ladies first on this one. Amy, why don't you take us off on this one? What do you think? You just made me really sad saying Kylo Ren was going to kill Grogu, by the way. I, um, I don't think he's going to kill Grogu, <laughs> but I mean, given that Grogu is already 50 years old and he's still a baby, 25 years is not a lot of time. So, although right. to Mike, he's a death machine now. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, anyways, I, downer on the podcast. <laughs> I honestly don't, I, you know, and as much as I like the little subtle connections to the um, Skywalker, I still don't want it to turn into a full-blown Skywalker series. I don't want that. I don't want, because we have that. Even though there's, there's time gaps, we have their story. We have information on that. I want to see the, the different arcs. Like um, I'm really excited for the Boba Fett um, coming the show um and i mean i hope that we don't get to the point where we're into sky the the 25 years where where luke is having all of his students slaughtered i don't want to get to that point at least not like super fast maybe it takes them you know 10 seasons to do that and i'm okay with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. mike how about you well, I think uh, that we've all seen, and, and, and you know, even if you haven't watched uh, any of the animated series, you, you still know about them, and that these are, I mean, they're canon, so they're completely tied into it, and it may be far-fetched, but uh, uh, part of the, the show Rebels was Ezra Bridger, Bridger uh, young studying Jedi, uh, discovered, and... and and Matt, I know that you know what I'm talking about is that uh, he discovers the veil of the force, which yes. and, and and again, this is a far-fetched sort of theory, but uh, some of the things that may have been done in the uh, in the sequel trilogy may turn out somewhat different through a different pathway through the force, and I mean that's really the best way I can explain it, uh, but. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, uh, I'm in. <laughs> I think we're all in on that one. Uh, I don't because I don't want to say anything negative, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'll just I'll just uh, I'll just leave it at that. Is that what has happened may not uh, necessarily happen in the future. Okay, interesting. Corey, how about you? I, I'd love to see it go that direction. I think it gets simpler again for a little bit. You know, Matt spoke about it, kind of relating to being the Iron Man equivalent to the MCU where we've started something, it's going to get a lot bigger. And then eventually it all comes back together again. 
there's a dozen projects that we know of right now under the Lucasfilm Star Wars header currently being worked on with Disney and Disney Plus. And I think many of the storylines you just mentioned, Casey, are going to probably play out in some of those other projects. Yeah. I think next season, I think next season we just we see Mando kind of going back to his quest of reuniting with the other Mandalorians. You know, from season one, I, I, if you don't remember, they, they used to have a lot of infighting in there. They didn't really get along despite being as close as they were. So I think there will there'll definitely be some interesting dynamics and infighting for the Darksaber. And, uh, and I think the story kind of comes back just to being about uh, Din and the Mandalorian and the Darksaber next season. So, and Matt, I'm going to uh, wrap it up with you and then I'll kind of give some final thoughts. Yeah, that I'm 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 on board with what Corey's saying and honestly, I really love the idea of a more political based Mandalorian, you know, Mandalorian on Mandalore looking to reclaim Mandalore and there's different clans and different houses and they have to figure out how to retake their home planet. I think there could be some really interesting episodes. Um I you know anytime that Mandalore was the center in Clone Wars or Rebels those were always more fascinating episodes to me just the the political structure and how that planet survived and and the history of it and how the dark saber came to be and all that other stuff was really really interesting and I'm on board with a with a Mandalorian on Mandalore reclaiming that world I think that's a great direction to go but honestly, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm to a point where the last two, the first two seasons has, have proven to me that they don't need my help to write a great story. So <laughs> I can really just sit back and relax and know this is in great hands. And whenever season three comes out, there's rumors that it's being delayed a little bit. Whenever it comes out, I, I, I feel confident that I'm going to enjoy it. So I think as I think through all this, and I think all your answers are are phenomenal. And Matt, I think your point of they don't need us to write the story because clearly they're doing something right. When you look at Star Wars in totality, you know, 45 plus years or however many years, you know, 1977, I think it was, or whatever, 43 plus years. In totality, the thing that Star Wars has done better than any other franchise in history is that they they've shown that they don't have to follow the rules of chronologic chronological order to make sense of what they're trying to do. I mean, when you think about it, Lucas started with a, with a a three film trilogy, right? And then there was barely anything. You had all this filler expanded material that was out there. And then he comes back and does the prequel trilogy. And then there's more filler material and at some point that filler material gets, you know, varnished into, you know, legends territory. And then they come back and do the sequel territory. But in between all of that, you've got, again, the cartoons that you guys love so much. There's the books that are out there that are considered canon in some cases. And then now you come along and you have this. And this, again, I think what I love about where we're going with this is there's no timeline. We don't, there's something that has to get rushed. They can take as long as they want with as many of these stories in this is what allows Star Wars fans to get immersed into one story at a time. You know, Matt, when we were doing the, the, the Lego Star Wars Christmas holiday special a couple weeks ago, we used the phrase canon adjacent, right? I almost want to refer to this as like 
these these things are like Skywalker adjacent. They're happening happening alongside the master story arc of what happened with the Skywalker saga. And if they interweave every once in a while, it's okay. But to Amy's point, I don't want a retelling of the Skywalker story. I, I, I love when they can interweave them and then come back out. Like if I don't see Luke again next up next season, I'm cool with that. Like that's good. I, I got my fill of Luke there. We're good. You know, if I don't see Grogu next season, I'm okay with that. You're right. I'm okay with going to hear about Mando. I'm okay hearing about Boba. And I think what's going to be nice, and to Matt, it's going to be exactly what you called it out of. This was the Iron Man of the Star Wars season, or of the Star Wars series, and now we're going to branch out, and we're going to start to see all these interweaving stories. And it's, you know, I was a huge fan of professional wrestling when I was a kid, um, WWF. Um, And nothing would have made me happier as a kid than watching WWF superstars square off against WCW superstars. And and that's kind of what I feel here is like it, nothing makes me happier than to see the interweaving of all these different plots from all these different generations somehow come together and, and then pull apart and then come back together and pull apart. And Favreau, man, I, I, I'm telling you, if he's not in the running to take over for Kathleen Kennedy, I don't know who is like, seriously, like she he could oust her right now in in, in Star Wars Lucasfilm would be better for it. Dave Filoni oh. as well could take over as well, and that would be oh yeah, think, either one of them. I mean, maybe choice. maybe Favreau wants to stay with the creative part of it, and Filoni can take over the take over the producing arm of it. I mean, again, I like Kathleen Kennedy. I have nothing against Kathleen Kennedy, but I know she's a very divisive figure. She's probably looking towards retirement. These two individuals are perfectly suited to carry that legacy into not just our generation, not just the next generation, but several generations to come. So. Okay, um, we are at the 50-minute mark, so I'm going to just do a quick roundtable here. Everybody gets their last word, 20 seconds. Any last thoughts? Uh, We'll go in reverse order this time. Matt, we'll start with you. Great season. Great everything. High enjoyment. I mean, I looked forward to it every week. I, I loved every episode. There was not a snoozer or one that I feel like you could skip. It just... Really great, I, and I, I'm so excited that it's not just the Mandalorian now we're waiting for, that we get the Book of Boba Fett, Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, continuing on with the Mandalorian. All this, we're getting all this content, and that makes me really excited. Um, I'm, I'm excited for all of it. I really don't have much more than what Matt said, except um, I'm going to plug the gallery episode that came out because there's a lot of nuances into the season that they put in there that you can't even we would need a whole nother hour to talk about it um but i want to maybe challenge all of you guys to go back and watch and look at some of the graffiti from the first episode and see if you notice anything all right all right all right well we've talked about a lot today already so i i guess i'll go kind of sidewinder on this one and i'm just really uh, happy i mean they did it really well the first season is but I mean, this this season especially, that they really defined space western, um, okay. and just starting out in, with uh, the first uh, episode with the marshal, uh, they couldn't have got a better character, Timothy Oliphant, just to play like this cowboy type of character. Um, there's a spittoon by the bar. Uh, when they walk into the bar, it sounds like spurs, um, and just just the way it, it it all kind of feels like a spaghetti western when. Uh, 
in the episode uh, the, tra- the tragedy when Boba Fett knocks those two ships out of the sky this is actually an homage to an old western called the Magnificent Seven uh, where um, he shoots this great this great shot and he goes wow that's, that was amazing he goes oh I was aiming for the other one that's actually yeah, an homage that. to that old movie <laughs> uh, yeah, where, where, he sh- where he shoots he shoots the guy but he, he goes wow that was the best shot I've ever seen and the cowboy goes no it wasn't I was aiming for his horse so like <laughs> it, I, you know I just I, I thought it was really cool how they really defined that without um, w- without trying to seem like it was a copycat but more of an homage but yeah that's 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 it for me there but Mike, I'll, I'll tail right on to what you said in the gallery episode. I, I found out that when they're filming Mandalorian, they call it Huckleberry. And I immediately yeah. thought of one of my favorite movies of all time, Tombstone. Val Kilmer in there playing Doc Holliday. When he approaches Ringo on the street looking for a gunfight, he walks right up to him and says, I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your oh, my God. I mean, you, you know you know why they're showing up and filming this every day, and you know that they know what they've got, and they're taking really good care of it. Well, everyone, I want to say thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our Mandalorian Season 2 Roundtable. Specifically, I want to say thank you to all three of our special guests today. Again, super friend of the pod, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on with us again today. Uh, Mike, friend of the pod, thanks for coming on with us today. And Corey, first time on, uh, but longtime listener, as you put it. Again, thank you for being on with us today. Truly, guys, you have added so much to the conversation. Uh, Matt, if they would like to get a hold of us, uh, how are they able to do this as we are way past closing time? <laughs> we figured that would happen. We we let the bartender know beforehand, like, hey, yes. we got a big supersized episode where we're talking a lot of stuff. Just it was, so he 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 was he was cool with it. Um, if you want to email us, beers and years nineteen twenty eight at gmail dot com. Uh, Want to give a special shout out to Megan who uh, emailed us about uh, live action Mulan and what she thought of it. Um, uh, sorry it took us so long to get back to you, but thanks for that email. You're awesome. Um, so email us. We'll respond, even if it takes us a minute. Uh, on all of the social medias, uh, Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, at Beers Ears 1928. Lots of great new followers on Instagram, uh, some different podcasts and um, other people. So welcome to our wonderful social media community. And uh, as always, please rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. Leave that review if you've got a little bit of time. It really does help us out. Casey, I think it's about time we wrap it up. Yeah, you know, speaking of those ratings, I just want to say thank you. We've got 23 ratings in, on, on Apple iTunes. That's more than the last time I looked. And all but one are five out of five. So that makes me really happy that we're there. And we want to say thank you to everybody who has taken the time to do that. All right, my friends, let's go ahead and raise our glass of uh, drink of choice, blue milk, green milk, whatever you want to raise it up as. Uh, this episode has been on us. May the force be with you. This is the way, um, you know, I have spoken, whatever you want to say. Have a wonderful <laughs> rest of your day, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers.